Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. We were recently asked to come speak on an expert panel of other fearless CEOs to share some of the insights about the things we've gone through in our business. And and one of the questions that popped up was really interesting to me because it was asking about mistakes that we had made. And the interesting thing about any mistake is it's not always a mistake when you do it <laughs> at the beginning, but holding on to it sometimes can prevent you from future growth. And mm-hmm. so today, Emily and I want to talk about what it's like to move your team from a task-based team to like accomplishing all the things to moving to setting out expectations about owning and having autonomy over outcomes mm-hmm. and how pivotal this can be. And, and the people we see staying in this task-based environment are ultimately slowing their business down. So let's dive into it. Well, I'll start at the very, very beginning when this shift happened, because when I talked about in the panel, I said the shift just has happened in the past like handful of months. But honestly, the shift started happening a lot sooner than that, because I believe when we decided to make the transition from all contractor team to an employee team, that was our biggest first step in transitioning from tasks to outcomes. And it comes down to the fact that contractors are there to fulfill tasks. They are very rarely, if ever, in a role and set up for success in order to fulfill outcomes for your business. Now, they can do specific outcomes in their specific department or expertise like we have or you a- might give them tasks that could help them yes. reach an outcome yes. but you're the one that's still responsible for that correct correct and if you are a, a service expert right now or a consultant who's sitting here like I feel like I'm I have this entire team and I still feel like I'm the only one responsible for leads conversions sales client delivery like the things that actually move your business forward if you're still like I feel like all of that is in my brain power. If it weren't for me, none of this stuff would happen. I feel like I have this giant team and they have a lot of tasks that they're doing, but like, I don't feel like we're growing or progressing and nothing is really changing. If that's your headspace right now, we need to switch up who your team is first. Well, yeah, okay. Well, and maybe if I, you know, con- I think all contractors. If they're employees, yeah, if they're contract- you can skip straight to the part two of this episode. But if right. you're sitting so, in a group of just contractors, that's what needs to change first. Yeah, if you're sitting in a group of just contractors and you're stuck 
at a certain level, it, it is probably because you, you're you're not wrong. You you are because you you're both required by law and ethics mm-hmm. to be ultimately in charge of all the outcomes for your business and passing any of those things off to a contractor is is both unethical and unreasonable and thus it is on you <laughs> to grow the business. There will always be friction. <laughs> It is on you to grow the business. It is on you to set up the systems. It is on you to fulfill on your promises. It is on you to fulfill on contracts because they're in your name, because Mm -hmm. they are in your company's name, which you are the owner of. Mm -hmm. And these contractors are doing contracted (laughs) work and they Mm -hmm. have their own business. And ultimately, you are their client. Ooh. Okay, well, so let I that mean, sink in for a second. Let's talk about that. We had a huge mindset shift from, oh, we are their client. I am not their boss. And I know because we made the mistake, I know there are others out there who are doing the same thing, who, again, it comes from good intention. So like you're the majority of the time, it's not coming from malicious intent and trying to like avoid the cost and responsibility of what it takes to actually have a team of employees. I mean, there are definitely shady circumstances where that's happening, but for us, it was kind of like, we didn't know better. So we weren't doing better yet, but it had truly been, we had built a team of contractors who some had been with us since like the very beginning and we loved dearly. We cared about, they were doing great, but it was that outcome result that we weren't seeing. And I think for a long time, we expected to see that from them. And they were like, yo, I have an entire business. Like I can't dedicate as much time as it would take for you in order to make this happen. And so it was just kind of like clashing all the time without us really knowing the reason And so I think one day it was actually my husband, it was Brian who said something to me like, you are talking about your contractors right now, like they are employees and like you are their boss and you aren't, you are their client. So if you're unhappy with the deliverables that this client is, or this contractor is providing you as the client, you need to say something, but past the deliverables, you don't have any control over that. Yeah, no, you don't. You don't have any control over that. And so there, if you are trying to put ownership on things they don't have ownership over, it's mm-hmm. just going to cause tension and stress. And, you know, you as female entrepreneurs, as female owned business owners, I see more often than not, you may very well end up in a situation where you have some really talented contractors who do in some ways like show signs of an employee where they do care and they do want to see you succeed. And so because of that, they're also reflecting back to you mm-hmm. and aiding in the <laughs> confusion because they will sometimes act like employees when they're not. It's like and contractor so, employee inception. <laughs> yeah. And so they just don't, they're not clear with their boundaries and they are invested in what you're doing, but they're not vested, you know, like they care, but they don't have any risk. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's just a, it's a line to walk. Anyway, all of that to say, we've talked about what it looks like to do a restructuring. We talked about how you might be overpaying some of your staff and definitely go back and listen to some of those Mm -hmm. episodes. But as you move into this new season, and if you have a team of employees, then I want to be talking about What does it look like 
to create a team of ownership. Because one of the things that Emily and I craved, and I remember when we were talking about our culture and talking about setting it up intentionally, like the thing we kept coming back to is for the love of God, I just want someone else to own some of this, like some of these results, some of the things we're working towards. And I can't possibly hold in my head all the things we have to do anymore. Yes. And for me, it started to feel not that I was acting this way towards the person, but like that I felt like I was having to micromanage every single thing we were doing in the business because my brain was the only one who knew how these pieces connected and how this impacts this over here. And oh, because of past launches of what we did, I know that we need whatever, whatever. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to then micromanage out every single freaking detail, then I'm just going to do it because (laughs) I know it will be better and it will be done right and whatever, because there hadn't been this shift yet in transferring the outcome and the why decisions are being made. So talk about that first, because I think we started doing that before we even fully realized outcomes. You and I were very intentional about the why behind our actions and decisions. Yeah. So I think the first shift was, okay, how do I start to train our staff on how we make decisions? And part of it was we were even though we had started switching to having more employees on the team, we were consistently still making the decisions for them. And so if you want to not make the decisions anymore, you have to train them on how to make decisions for Mm -hmm. you. And thus you have to transfer your brain. You have to transfer Mm -hmm. how you think you have to transfer the things you're thinking about. And so for part of that is we would like really slow down. And this is the part that it's a little bit painful at times because you're like, gosh, I could just tell you the answer. And it's, it's not even gonna, the it's right It's a lot answer. of bit painful. It's not a little, it's a lot of bit painful. <laughs> it's not even that you like, and it's, it's not that it's always the right answer. And that's the part that's confusing, but it's how you got to the answer. That's the yeah. part that you have to educate on because ultimately your employees will come up with different answers. They yes. will make different decisions than you would. But if you give them the framework for how to go about making the decisions or it is, sharing what the ultimate desired outcome is, which oh is part gosh. two of this conversation, but yeah. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, no, it makes a huge difference. So the first thing we started doing, which was like revolutionary, but also painful because it takes so much time, was Mm -hmm. every time we were making a decision, and I feel like sometimes we're better at this than others. So like, this is also a self-reminder. I need to do more of this. But every time we make a decision, we would pause and we would think about in the future, who would need to be making this decision? Okay, can I make sure... I'm cluing them in on all of the thing, all of the thoughts that I went through to go from A to B. Mm-hmm. Because you made a lot of detours, even if it took 30 seconds, you know? And so you thought about how many leads you have over here. You thought about where your other revenue is coming in from. You thought about, I mean, it just really depends on what the decision is. Right. But you thought about 75 other things and collectively made one decision in that instant and you were able to move forward. But if you can start to educate on how you got there, the literal like, boom, 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 boom. I thought of all these things. And then the why you made the decision you did. It is a little bit crazy that like people can pick up on this. Yeah. You think you're so smart. <laughs> Spoiler you, alert. Are. you so are. And you can translate that knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And, and when you do, 
you're, it may take you three months, but at some point you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, I have this like glimmer of hope that like, I don't have to make every decision and it's going to keep going weird weird <laughs> weird truly. but it, but it's a good weird it's a good yes. weird because all of a sudden you have this space in your brain again that you're you didn't have before because you were literally tapped out yes. and so so this is the first part is the like transferring some of the decision making I don't think this gets to stop anytime soon you're gonna probably have to do this for a very long time and every time you add a new team member you're gonna have to start the process over again because training someone who's new to your staff, they, they aren't going to know. And so like, you can document some of this, but a lot of this is on the job training. A lot of this is in the moment training. A lot of this is being willing to slow down in a meeting. A lot of this is following up on a meeting and it's, it's going to be constant initially, but then you're going to get enough other people starting to make a couple decisions for you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're going to not hate it as much that you have mm-hmm. to teach people this because yep. you see then the you're going to want to spend more time doing that. <laughs> you're like, Oh, okay, wait, what else do I need to, sh- what else do I need to like walk through my logic on? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so that's like the first step, because if you're not giving anyone autonomy and what I mean by autonomy is like ownership. They have, you have transferred the ability to make the decision and you have owning it from start to finish. I think that that's the biggest thing. It was like, we had started to transfer ownership for parts of it, but we had never a transferred ownership fully, but even communicated the, I want you to own this from conception and like creation to implementation to reviewing and like measuring the results and updating the team, like start to finish. (laughs) Yeah. Complete follow through. And it's, it's a lot. And, and some people will get this faster than others. Some will, some will show their true colors and, and there might be have, you might have to make some management decisions along the way. You might have to make some performance evaluations along the way. You might have to make some performance improvement plans along the way. And that's okay. But the, the, the main thing is over time, you have to be setting expectations and transferring ownership and transferring trust and being really clear on what you want. And then when they don't do the thing, assess, were you really clear or do you need to clarify before right. you assume they suck? Right. <laughs> like, well, and and I'll, I'll speak to that for just a little bit because I feel like kind of going back to when we were in contractor land and not getting the results of the outcomes because it's literally not what was able to happen. I do feel like there were a lot of conversations where you and I had where we we're like, man, I thought I was really, really clear on what I wanted this to look like and how I wanted this to be achieved. And it just wasn't. It fell flat and whatever, whatever. And so I had told myself for a really, really long time that like, I, I don't delegate properly and I don't make it clear. And obviously there were adjustments I needed to make and, and there is a proper way to delegate and an improper way to delegate. And I definitely have been making adjustments to that. But in phase one of doing this, if transferring for outcomes and results to our employees, I think at first you and I were having more conversations about like, Ooh, we didn't get what we wanted, but like, were we clear? Were we clear? Oh, okay. Maybe I wasn't clear enough here. I'm going to go back. But the more we do it, the more now when stuff pops up where I'm like, no, I know I was clear. And here's like all of the times that I was clear. And now we're like, there's still kind of of an issue. So we definitely need to redirect. I say that to give reassurance that if you are still in the zone of like, I feel like I'm not being clear and I don't know how to be clear. There is going to come a time 
as long as you've set it up properly and you have the proper systems to back you up, that that confidence of, no, I know actually I definitely was clear, that does come. It's not this always like ambiguous, I don't know if I even did it right kind of feeling. Yeah. 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 It's, it's an evolution and it's, and it's exciting because, you know, as much as things will pop up, there will also be super positive things that happen where you're, it's going to make you smile. It's going to make you excited. It's going to, you're going to feel like, holy shit, like someone else does care. Holy shit. Someone else wants to move this forward. Yeah. Someone is just excited about pursuing this aspect of the thing that I developed of my baby. And and it's really cool to like watch to me, a lot of it's like raising a child. And, and even though I'm not a parent, I am an aunt and I do really care about child development. And, you know, initially when a baby's a baby, so much of the baby's influences only come from the parent. And then they grow up and they're school age. And then you trust them to be with teachers all day long. And they like, they're going to learn skills that you didn't instill in them. And they're going to get these like aspects of personality that you weren't responsible for. But it's so cool. It's so exciting. Your business is a lot like that. Where like all of a sudden there's going to be this whole aspect of your business that you didn't develop at all. Yep. Someone else did. Yeah. But you get to be like the parent that's super fucking excited for it. I want to teach her how to tie her shoes. She came home, she just knows how to tie her shoes. And I'm like, what? And that happens like on the regular where it's like, "Mm, I have equipped my, her school and our educators and teachers to, they know the outcome, they know the goals, they know the results, they know the measuring milestones and everything. And it's happening. (laughs) And I, my job, I taking her there and and communicating with them. I would imagine it's a lot like parenthood where you just like, you get really emotional about it sometimes and really (laughs) excited about it sometimes and, and frustrated sometimes. And sometimes you still need to correct course. All of that to say the next kind of phase is, okay, so you've given them some ownership on decision-making. You've given them some ownership on taking a project from fully start to finish And now you have to equip them with how to prioritize. And the only way someone can ultimately prioritize their time and their tasks, their projects, is if you give them something to measure it by. And, you know, some of you are going to default to how something feels. Like, I want it to feel easier. I want it to feel streamlined. I want it, you know what I mean? Like, some Mm -hmm. of you are going to really lean into... Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. 
Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. That, some of you are going to be like... No, I want money in my bank account. I need a dollar bill to match the result. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're wanna you're gonna want to measure something. And, yeah, and I but thought the, that's and- the only way I was gonna feel good about the outcomes, honestly, when nope. we started this, where I was like, I'm gonna need to see dollar for dollar, put it in and I get it right back. I put one in and I get three back or whatever the investment is, because I was so used to that headspace because you know, we've been, we've run ads for years now and we have a a team that helps us do that. We have a team that helps us with SEO. And those two specific outcomes are very closely tied to dollar bills and like really clear KPI metrics that affect dollar bills. So my head immediately went to like, okay, well, that's obviously what I have to see for this to be quote working. And it just isn't. And it's hard to describe how there are, there are just movements that are There are things that are moving forward in your business. There are levels of service that are happening in your business. There are ways that you're able to show up for clients in your business that don't necessarily affect dollar for dollar, but you know at the end of the day, because you're a smart CEO, that it is affecting your bottom line in just Mm -hmm. a way that you can't necessarily measure. It's like by proxy. It's like, it's not, okay, you create an efficiency over here then it's going to allow these team members to do XYZ thing, which is going to allow you to do more discovery calls and land more clients. Okay, whatever. Like, I'm not saying it's that, but it's more the cause and effect is less. 
A to B and there, there might be other things that's triggering that's going to make the other thing possible. But all of that today, all of that to say it's working together. And so I, I used to think that your, the things you're working towards should be all quantifiable so that you could know if you met the demand mm-hmm. or not. And, and I think that is true to a certain level. Like, I think you can probably get to a million dollars in revenue and make everything that you're working towards quantifiable in some way. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. it's dollars. Like it could be a percentage of conversion this, or it could be this amount of traffic here or this number of people filling out a lead form or whatever. Like you could get really far with making things. Did you do it or did you not? There's no argument, but you're eventually you're going to have enough people on your team where you're going to have to create things that are almost more culture oriented, that are more the ethics and values of how you show up. Yeah. That it's a bit more behavior driven. And sometimes it's possible to say you did it or you didn't, but it's usually less about the end result and more the effort to move towards something. How you're showing up. Yeah. How you're showing up versus, oh, now I'm, I've moved to a new location, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? I probably could argue for a less financial benchmark than a million because I see some of our clients who aren't at a million yet and are needing to look at some of those things because especially when you're, when you're a high level service provider and so much is affected by your client experience that isn't necessarily KPI dollar for dollar measurable, but it has an impact on, I guess you could still measure the impacts of that by measures because it's impacting your referral rate, your conversion rate. It's Yeah. I think you could still set numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, I I think the, you need to learn on less dollars way earlier. Like a lot of you are way too focused on, I mean, revenue is important. Obviously you need money to run your business, (laughs) but in the grand scheme of things, you're far less in control of dollars than you are how many new leads you get for right, your right. your your things. And so like how how much outreach you're doing to get referrals is something you have way more control over versus how many people ultimately become your client. And mm-hmm. so I I do think there's there may be some how you show up things you need to include, but most of it is still measurable to some extent. You might have like a small section of things that that aren't measurable, but you just hit this precipice. But regardless of what the outcome is, regardless of I want to grow reoccurring revenue to X, I want to improve our client experience by, I want to improve our backend system so that whatever the outcome that you're looking for is you need to arm people with what outcomes they're focused on. Because what I notice is, and this happens earlier than I think most of you think, even if there's just a couple people on your team, you are the owner. You are the one who owns the business. You have the risk. So in a lot of ways, you are ultimately responsible for all outcomes. And you 
I have literally signed on the dotted line Mm -hmm. that if it doesn't work, you are Mm -hmm. responsible. Okay. Mm -hmm. But your employees have not, they are not at risk. I mean, their, their employment might be at risk if you fail in bringing Mm -hmm. in revenue, but like, but it's a lot easier to go get another job than to start another business. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. But the, the concern I'm having for y'all is some of you are just trying to, in an effort to like be transparent in an effort to include your team on things, you are scaring the living bejesus out of these people and you're giving them TMI and you're giving them stress that like they have no, like for real, some of you, some of you are okay. Say you have an employee who technically helps you build deliverables for your client. And you go in and you dump on them about sales when they have no Mm -hmm. responsibility over sales. Mm -hmm. You just gave them so much stress and now they're distracted from delivering on your client's stuff because you dumped on them. Well, they're worried. Where I see this happen the most, the department is marketing. And we like literally just clarified this language very recently because it was happening within our own company of our marketing department was getting stressed out about sales when marketing's job, literal job is to get more leads and grow our audience and engagement and get more people seeing our stuff who are the right people. There's a lot that goes into that, but our job for specific products aren't to then make the conversions from an Instagram post or a story, but it's elsewhere. And so as soon as we like shifted that perspective, it was like, oh, okay, then I can chat all day long about like coming to sign up for this thing, read this thing, go listen to this thing. And that's just a different energy. Well, and if you have employees that aren't involved in the sales process, then you do not need to be, in my opinion, disclosing all the revenue information with people that are not in a sales capacity. Right. Because you're literally just adding unnecessary stress to their role. And ultimately, you're eroding trust and you're causing super confusion around what your actual expectations of them are as an employee. And so because a lot of these people care about you as a human, they are going to try to step up in all these areas. And the next thing you know, you're like, you just see the most chaotic person (laughs) who like, and, and yet you love them because they're like doing all this shit for you. Yeah. But like, they're not actually doing anything that's helpful, but they're doing all this shit for you. So like, you think, oh, like they're, they're just so helpful and they do all these things. No, Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -mm. it's a mismanagement issue. You are, if someone's that chaotic and trying to do all the things in all the places, mm-hmm. it's because you stress them the frick out and you need to get really clear on what they're actually responsible for. Right. And I think for us, it was really easy because we had a team at this point where we had departments and we could get really clear on what a certain department's responsibilities were. If you don't have, if you're not at the stage where you have employees that are like very specifically in operations or client fulfillment or something like that, then I need you to think about their role. I need you to look at their actual job description. What did you Mm -hmm. hire them to do? (laughs) 
And how do they need to show up? What do you mean job roles shift and descriptions get muddy and one position turns to seven positions over time? What do you mean? I've never done that. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I even want to yell at Emily and I I love her. So like, I would be like, why is she doing that? Or why are they doing (laughs) this? Because... It is so, and I'm not saying you don't want people to step up in new areas and try on new challenges. That's not what it's about. But like when it becomes so far outside of the original role you hired them for, well, do they need a new title? Right. Do they need a, a pay adjustment? Do, like, are they clear on what they're responsible for? Are they clear on who their manager is? Are they clear on who are they're reporting to or what is required of them? If any of that is a, I don't know, or a question mark, then like, we need to reel it in mm-hmm. and we need to get really close. We need to get really focused on creating outcomes for either roles or departments, depending on how your business is set up mm-hmm. smaller. It's got to be by person. As you grow, you're going to have a team of people all working towards the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then magic happens because mm-hmm. then you get to be, and it sounds kind of gatekeepy, but it's really not. When someone starts to go rogue, you get to be like, is that going to help you move towards the outcome that I was super clear right. is your responsibility? Right. And you reining them back in, instead of it feeling like you told them no or like whatever, they're going to thank you for it because they are going to be more focused. They are going to feel more in alignment. They are going to feel like they understand more about what's expected of them. And they're going to be able to prioritize appropriately. But when you have people who are in 75 places doing 75 different things, no wonder they're stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's provide some focus and some clarity so that you can actually see traction and momentum in your business because it's all freaking point. And honestly, like what this comes down to is there's going to be a lot you're going to have to say no to. And I'm not saying you're going to have to say no to forever, but we've talked about this, right? Where you can only juggle so many balls and some you're going to have to let down and let crash to the ground and some are going to bounce back up and you get to decide if you want to pick that back up or not or transition over to a different department. But there's going to have to be, we've been talking about this a lot with our clients, slowing down to speed up. And Mm -hmm. it seems counterintuitive, but we've seen it proven to be effective over and over and over again, not just with us, but with our clients. That intentional focus, cleaning up, getting clear, taking the time, is critical. But you you have to create structure for this because in the grand scheme of things, not only you, but everyone on your team could live in everything's on fire. Everything is an emergency. Yep. Everything has to be done today. Yep. We are only focused on the tasks that need to be done today and this week. We are focused on the clients that are the most angry and upset. <laughs> and and if that's all you do all the time, not only are you creating a recipe for burnout for everyone on your yeah. team, but you also are not doing anything that's allowing you to create strategic plans to create opportunities for future growth. And while sometimes it feels goofy to spend times on things that are really focused activities that don't have any sort of immediate return, Mm -hmm. they're adding efficiencies into your business that you are going to reap the benefits from for years to come. And they are going to add 
cultural shifts in your business that make people feel safe enough to protect time in their day to get creative and and think about how things work together and think about the systems. And I'm not saying you can spend eight hours a day in like focus planning mode. Mm-hmm. I've literally done a whole episode on how it's more fun to plan than it is to do shit. Yeah, it's real. Sexy. But it, do- it doesn't mean because most of you are going a million miles an hour. It doesn't mean that you won't have time where you have to reel it in and like, even though there is some stuff that it has tight deadlines, even though you have some pressing problems, even though you have some unforeseen events, you slowing down is the best thing you can do for the long term yeah. to prevent those in the future. Because the more you have this focused attention, you're actually preventing that urgency later. Yeah. And creating a more calm, chill place to work, including a place for you to work. Because yes. This is the other thing that I'm just like, I'm going to go on my high horse about all of you are so focused on like, no, enough of you are so focused on dumping everything you dislike about your job. And like, I could rant about that for 30 minutes. (laughs) It's rude. That's what I'm going to say. It's rude to do that. You're so focused on dumping all the things you don't like. And you forget that like, yes, you can ultimately train a team and build a business and eventually delegate a lot of your role. But while you're in the building phase, until you're at a point where you just want to keep making what you're making and keep the systems rolling, if you want to build, then you have to show up and do part of the work. You have to Mm -hmm. contribute. Mm -hmm. And there is, and I think a lot of this comes from this culture of, you're comparing your small business to this like VC backed, like Silicon Valley tech world where they just like hire these people at these ridiculous salaries to take over entire departments and entire things. And then the owner just sits back. The only reason the owner can do any of that is they have so much money at their disposal. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have hundreds of thousands, I'm not saying you need millions, but if you don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars, just like you're okay with just disappearing potentially, then you have to actually do a job and contribute to the overall success of your company. Yeah. Well, and I've heard this before from people who kind of use this as an example where they're like, oh, I mean, why would you set your business like that? You know, Jeff Bezos isn't in the inbox returning to people's customer requests. And I'm not saying that that's what you need to be spending your time on either, but that is not the same fucking thing to what your business is whatsoever. No. And you don't have Jeff Bezos money. So no, like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> chill the frick and out, he's my building friend. an unethical company. So why would you model anything off of what he's doing? <laughs> yeah, I just like, no, let's step, let's step back. Like, I know I I could get on a soapbox about it, but like what happened to building a business that you were so proud of that you wanted your kids to take over someday versus I just want to build a business that I can have absolutely nothing to do with because I don't care and I just want it to make revenue for me. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you in it? Like, I'm not, if you want to make money and not be involved, then you Spell need your to, idea. 
you need to sell your idea to something like maybe you need a patent or or maybe you need to invest in the stock market and get a really great financial advisor. Maybe you need to look at real estate and get a more passive opportunity. But building a small business serving other business owners is not a passive activity. No. And so if you're passionate about this, show up as if you're passionate about this. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, mm. It's okay so, for but, you to work in your business. I don't know when that became so taboo and like so like the sign of success that oh, I don't even work in my business anymore and it's still doing all of these things. Okay, great. Good for you. Like that's not the kind of life and work that I want to be living every single I day. I love my job. Yeah. I built a business because I wanted to love what I do every day, not because I didn't want to work every day. Yeah. That's why I made a post recently on our Instagram where I'm asking our audience to stop villainizing work. And it's this conversation. It's the, it's, we're taking every unhealthy, typically corporate situation and applying it to our own businesses and saying, well, then therefore I don't want to have to do these tasks or work these hours or do these things. And I'm not like, it's the, it's the opposite end of the spectrum of the anti-hustle, like, or the hustle culture, right? Where it's like, you know, rise and grind kind of culture that we we don't like and I hear you but the exact opposite of that isn't healthy either like I I just I get confused and I've said this before about many different things I just get confused why we forget that like a middle ground exists and that we can't have like a balance between those two very extreme circumstances because mm-hmm. neither are great neither are great okay So I want to give you a preview of what happens when you shift the focus to arming people with outcomes instead of focusing on them checking boxes and completing tasks. Because the new precipice that happens is all of a sudden you become far less concerned about did they get their work done? Did they do the things? And you become way more concerned about, are they meeting your expectations to meet the outcomes in the way that you want everyone to show up? And all of a sudden, it becomes a measure of, are they doing it in alignment with the values of your team, with the values of your company? And if they're getting there in like an unethical or sleazy kind of way, then then maybe we need to look at that. Like even if they hit the outcome, that is not the measure of success. How they get there is the most important thing and how they make decisions is the most important thing. And at the end of the day, like who decided that every year your business needs to have exponential growth? Double your business year over year. (laughs) And every year... That it's going to be as easy as the year before or, or, or it's going to always get easier or that like adding more people to your team doesn't add different complications. Like there's going to always be challenges. There are likely going to be years where you make less money than the year before, but that doesn't mean you're failing. It's just, I just really am so frustrated with this environment where we're taught where we always have to be like soaring to this new level yeah. with no guidance <clears throat> and no experience and no willingness to slow down. I'm like, yeah, like if you don't have like, like a, always an upward trajectory of business that you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like LOL. the amount. Have y'all seen Peloton's talk lately? <laughs> and they're, they're <laughs> fine. 
they're fine. And you know what? Like, it's weird because all of a sudden we add this. Every time you reach a new level, every time you do a new thing, your expectations of yourself will shift. Mm -hmm. And so it's really easy to, especially in the world we live in today, look around and think, oh, my God, I didn't do all of these things. But then you're like, do you actually know what it took for them to get to the thing? You're right. just seeing the tip of the iceberg. You're seeing the sexy PR'd up version of their life <laughs> and you're not seeing what it really took to get there. Like spoiler alert, there's some people in this, in your industry, in our industry, in many industries who look so successful. They have all the things you do not know how much debt they're in. There's also people that look super successful. You don't know how many lawsuits they're in and how much in trouble with the law they might be. Like, I just I just don't think you actually want what other people have sometimes. I think you think you do, but a lot of you would be so satisfied mm -hmm. with a lifestyle where you like knew what you knew is expected of you when you show up to work, know what's expected of your team when they show up to work, and that you can pull levers at any given time if you do want to increase your client capacity or if you do want to charge higher prices. But if you want to like coast for a season, that's awesome because you want to spend more time with kids. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do that. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> I'm going to get well, off my soapbox. <laughs> we want to give you a taste of what's more to come. And if you like these conversations, you're going to love what we have planned for you in March. On March 29th of 2022, we are having the must-see event for service providers, consultants, industry expert leaders to come and learn and take a part of the unprecedented shift that's actually starting to happen and unfolding right before our eyes. And there are shifts that you can be making in your headspace and in your business in order to to really realign with what actually feels good for you. It's called the Freedom Conference and it is incredible. And I'm so, so excited for you to be a part of it. All you have to do is grab your ticket at bossproject.com slash conference. If you're listening to this after that's okay. There's still an opportunity for you to see what it's like to work with us and to learn more. You're just going to want to go to bossproject.com slash VIP if it's still in this window. So you can grab your ticket to the conference and then go ahead and apply. So you can get pre-approved for our VIP training that we're having on the 30th. That's going to be really cool. And I definitely want you to be a part of that. It's so exciting. I... I can't wait to have these conversations with you live. I can't wait to hear your feedback. I can't wait to dig a little bit deeper into how some of this is sitting with you and what your own thoughts around some of the things that we're saying, you know, in these episodes, it's Abby and I getting to talk to each other, which is great, but I want to hear from you also. And I want to I want to hear how it's like hitting home and the changes that you want to make because of what you're hearing. And that's your opportunity to do that. So bossproject.com slash conference, go snag your ticket. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. 
You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.